Hello, and welcome back to Lost in Citations, a regular podcast where we speak to the producers of interesting content and see if we can learn a little bit more about their background. And the word regular is going to be part of the announcement that we're going to be that we're going to be talking about in today's podcast because we are going to be changing our schedule slightly in order to um, allow us to continue with our professional requirements and also provide uh, content for the podcast. So in order to talk about that, I will introduce my co-host, uh, Mr. Jonathan Schachter. How are you doing today, John? I'm great. You know, no matter how many stresses I have in my life, the, the constant is my neighbor's construction. So no matter how bad a day I have, I can always come home and hear that that jarring sawing noise. And it's just, it's so comforting. It's just what been such a fun year. Are they are they putting a putting an extra room on? Are they adding a deck? What's going on? Oh, they've just been building a, an entire house. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that that would take some time and also create some noise, but yeah. But anyway, that's 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 not the listener's problem. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, that's listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, yes. So as Chris mentioned, uh, I have proposed this and Chris has been kind enough to accept. We're going to be changing the schedule to fortnightly. Hmm. I'm using the British term there or every other week for the layman, <laughs> you Americans out there. Uh, yes, because A, as Chris mentioned, uh, I think I think qualities of a podcast is it needs to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And it needs to have integrity. And uh, thus far, we've been able to provide both. I guess I could just talk quickly um, comparing three years ago to now. So this podcast started in 2020, kind of around the same time, around January, I was kind of in the midst of a, a lot of research. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know this story, so I won't say it again. And I'm kind of in that process again this time. And three years ago, it was a real thrill to reach out to people and, and to talk to people whose papers I was reading and citing, and it continues to be a real thrill. Um, the difference now is I've talked to a lot of people already, um, so we already kind of have their background, and I have to do a lot of reading for people that are doing their PhDs or their master's, they understand this. You have to do a lot of reading, and the focus that I'm doing now, uh, the scope is a much smaller, smaller one. So... I, the papers that I'm reading, it's, let's just say it's, it's going to be harder to link up with some, some of the, some of these authors for, for a variety of reasons. So what I've, what I've said to Chris is I I've committed to doing the podcast every other week until July. And then I'm going to be going away back home for the first time in four years. And that's when I do a lot of recordings for the second half of the year. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually not committing to do any other podcasts this year beyond July. Now, that being said, if the opportunity arises and if the time is right, I will definitely do it. And I and it's such a thrill. I've already recorded a few interviews already. I got some good ones to look forward to. I, I had the great chance to talk to Dr. Paul Sylvia again. Um, and we talked about his book. Let me get it up here. Uh, Researching Daily Life, A Guide to Experience Sampling and Daily Diary Methods. Yesterday, I talked to Dr. Jared Cooney Horvath, someone who I've wanted to talk to for two years now, and he wrote an awesome book called uh, Stop Talking, Start Influencing. I'm going to be talking to Dr. Ali Al-Hori, a couple other guests, and it's one of those things where I love doing the podcast. 
it's been so helpful to me and hopefully it's been helpful to other people as well. But I just have a lot of reading to do and through, you know, logistics and a lot of other reasons, it's just going to be harder to commit to that, to that schedule. And uh, I guess I'll hand it back over to you, Chris. Um, you, you said you're going to be able to carry the torch uh, at least yeah. the second half of the year. And, and hopefully I can again, load up some ones for the beginning of next year as well. Well, a couple of things that kind of uh, play into making it not uh, once a week, but twice a month. That's basically the schedule that we have been keeping up now for the last two years. You have done two, I've done two. So I think that uh, I can keep up with that schedule. But also, we have to recognize that, as you say, we want to keep the quality as high as possible. So when you were pursuing people who you really wanted to learn more about their work, and I'm assuming that this has played into the proposal that you put forward for your PhD. So you've, you've learned a lot about the background to these, um, these papers and these, uh, these writers, these re researchers, it has really paid off in the way that you hoped that you would understand the background to the work that they've done and get to know them personally. And uh, as you've mentioned before, but a previous interviewee on the podcast is now your PhD supervisor. So it really yeah. has paid dividends in that oh, way yeah, as I well. Should, so um, yeah, real quick. Um, yeah, I should, I should have, thanks for bringing that up. So uh, citation number 35, Dr. Dat Bao, he is my main supervisor and my associate supervisor is Dr. Seiko Harumi, who's citation number one. Um, and the, yeah, the way it all kind of played out it worked out perfectly. Now I'm researching com something completely different, differently. Um, but yeah, all of that background has, has really fed into it. And the way it worked out is actually Seiko Harumi is at the University of London, and we were able to get her to be an external supervisor. Hmm. So I'm in a really good place right now. Um, they're, they're, they've been amazing so far. And yeah, three years ago, I never would have guessed this is where I would be. Um, but I'm really happy. This is where I am. And to, to, play off that uh that's the reason that's the entire rationale for the podcast really we want to give people the opportunity to learn more about people who they cite and also feel that the people who you really want to talk to whether you're doing it for podcasts or for academic reasons are approachable and it's something that has you know i've, I've been able to connect with people I've cited in my work, who I cited extensively in my PhD. We have a, a second interview coming up with Professor James D'Angelo from Chukyo University. Again, a, a, a great interview. We really get deep into some of the areas that I was investigating when I was doing when I was doing my uh, graduate work. So, the first part of the, uh, the today's podcast is basically to say. Uh, we're not going away, but it will become slightly less regular than it was. But we still have the um, the ambition to connect with interesting people, both in our field and outside our field, to um, you know give you their story and the background to the papers that uh, you may be reading. If we can move on slightly, I'd like to uh, ask you, John, about beginning the process of the PhD, because 
um, we've mentioned before that we really want to we want to have this as kind of like a, a side project for the podcast that we talk to people at the beginning of their graduate work to give them motivation that we talk to people who's who are in the middle of this work to kind of give them the energy to keep going and then once they have graduated how to create publications and future opportunities from the work that they've already done so can you give us a, a kind of a basic elevator pitch for the work that you're going to be doing for your PhD yeah I'll try to I'll try to keep it I love that elevator pitch it's awesome I'm glad you use that it keeps people from going off to the deep end um <laughs> so I'll try, <laughs> As you all I'll want try to, to do I'll try to give the cliff notes. Let's just imagine we're in a little bit of a tall building. So we got okay. a little let's, bit let's, of a, a decent idea. Let's uh, Trump Tower. Let's go. Yeah. For people that are familiar with the podcast, I think I've told this story before. My 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 initial interest was with student anxiety. But what I'm interested in now is from the teacher perspective. So the teacher's interpretations of silence and how that emotionally affects them and how that potentially could affect their well-being. But all of this research stems from the same story, which I think I've told before, where I was working at a, a language school and I had to assess people's levels. I, I would have students come in and I would ask them a simple question. I'd be faced with a wall of silence. And sometimes these, these individuals were beginners. Sometimes they were just anxious. So that kind of led me down the path of researching student performance and the effects, effective factors like anxiety. But then that actually moved on to a holistic approach where you're not just looking at one emotion. And, and that, that took me through the master's in psychology research. And that kind of run its course. And then I became much more interested from the teacher perspective. So what I'm investigating now is the emotional impact of student silence on teacher well-being. And I'm not going to get into the details, the, the nitty gritty, but where I am now, uh, I kind of equate it to building a house. And uh, I'm stealing that from a paper that I read. I can't remember the author, but they, they were talking about theoretical and conceptual frameworks. So the, for the last year, really, I've been thinking about the project and I've been thinking how it fits inside of a framework. And I'm thinking, been thinking about how I want to investigate it. And uh, I had a great meeting with my advisors two weeks ago, and they said, look, the floor plans look great. Let's write it up. So I've been writing it up. I'm going to send a draft in next week. And then we're going to set um, an appointment, hopefully, to get through something at our, my university called a confirmation. And then after the confirmation, good to go for the ethics approval um, and then start collecting data. And then essentially right now, the the outlines, the, the thesis outline is there. Um, all the conceptual frameworks are, are built. Um, I feel like I'm in a really good space than I was six months ago. I essentially know where I am. I know what I want to investigate. I know how I want to investigate it. I know how it fits in a framework. I could I could argue in front of people right now if someone were to interview mm -hmm. me for an hour and mm -hmm. a half. I really am in a good spot. So that's where I am now. It's going to be a long road ahead, um, but I know where I'm going, if that answers your question. Well, it's great to hear because uh, before starting a PhD, everyone is kind of in a, in, in a different space. So just to use my example, I knew exactly what I wanted to investigate. I knew the uh, area and I knew the instrument that I wanted to use. But mm -hmm. as soon as the, um, the, the concept meets reality, things change. And mm -hmm. uh, we've had conversations about this um, over dinner over Facebook Messenger, over over a couple of beers sometimes. And 
it is something that you have to be ready for things to change. And I think that you're exactly right that you're in a, a good space because you've you've done the you've done the background, you've prepared the the framework, you have a lot of very uh, knowledgeable people around you, and you I think you've selected your supervisors very well. In addition to that, so just in a, in a practical you know sense, how long do you think it's going to take you? Even with all of these things, like for our listeners who are thinking of. Uh, taking on a PhD, even with all of these things in place, great supervisor, framework, research question, research instrument, uh, and uh, a timetable for all of these things to be implemented. How long do you think it's going to take you? Now, everyone is different in this regard. I, I have a great colleague named Jeff Stewart. He's, he's been on the podcast before, and mm -hmm. he was telling me that, you know, every Monday, you got to, you got to dedicate it to your PhD, you know, every Monday. And so, I'm not really like that. So I do most of my work from January to March, right? So it's really tough for me to get in that mindset. I don't know if I'm sort of a binge thinker, if that's a mm. word. If that is a new word, I'll I'll it is now. that. Um, and so I like to kind of sit in it, sit in the mud, if you will, and just really get into it. So essentially, I'm, I'm a part-time PhD student. So I have until 2028. Um, mm. I have estimated that it, it could take, I, I would like to finish around 2027. Mm -hmm. Essentially, I have, I had, I had to submit this outline, which, uh, which is great. And the time frame, and I've kind of split up the chapter work around this time from January to March over the course of a certain amount of years. So I, I think it could very well take me up until 2027. Now there's some contractual issues that are coming around that time. So that could be a motivating factor to end sooner, or it could be a motivating factor to stretch it out longer, depending on which way I decide to go with that. But um, essentially, I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to do the work when I have the the time to do it. And yes, as the the the, the pro as, as the project progresses, I could do some work on a Monday, some data analysis here, some data analysis there. But where I am right now is a lot of deep thinking. So it's hard for me to imagine doing this kind of thinking during a work week where I'm I'm teaching so many classes uh, during the week and I'm kind of exhausted. So um, yeah, it could change. What what the goal right now is we're going to try to speed it up now to collect data and then slow it back down after data is collected. That's what that's what we're kind of going for. But it could take very well up to um, fifteen months of work. That would be spread over five years. Right. If I'm doing I'm going to do three months every year. Exactly. And I, I think that that's it's that's a really good point that you bring up that your ability to do graduate work while you're working full time. And, you know, I think it's probably come up on the podcast several times. You know, you're you're married, you have you have a family, you have uh, a full time job, you have things that other the same as myself. And so oftentimes the effort that you want to put in you don't have the time to do it and when you do have the time to do it you might not have the uh you might not have the content to actually work on so when those two things meet up you do kind of have to do this uh binge thinking binge working for example um so to just to bring this uh to an end because i mean john and i could uh, talk for a long time on this but it's not maybe not something that everyone wants to hear about until you are, let's say, a couple of years in, and you've done your data collection, and we can uh, touch base with you again. But just Absolutely. to give the 
main point is that we're going to be going to uh, two podcasts a month. The podcast is not going to go away. Uh, as John has already said, we have many interviews lined up already. We were preparing for this moment, uh, the possibility that we might have to scale back uh, our production. So we know where we're going as far as, I believe, July with the interviews that we have or the ones that we've scheduled. And after that, you might hear mainly my voice. I do apologize if it's uh, if you prefer to. Some people hear, probably would prefer that. So that's uh, fine. Oh, well, I know, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a preference, but then some people do like that kind of um, Virginia drawl that you have in your speaking. You never know. You never know. And also, <laughs> as, as Jonathan has said, that uh, he, he will be peripherally connected to it if he finds a paper in his research that he wants to connect with the author, he will do so. And that will also be part of the feed. So um, we're going to keep this going because I'm getting it a lot of professional uh, benefit from it. And Jonathan, I know um, from the uh, story he's told today, has also received professional benefit from it. And somewhere down the line, we may be able to pick up to a weekly schedule. Uh, that's our goal. Um, yeah, stick with us because there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, and I think we talked about this briefly a few weeks ago. Uh, mm. The option for contributors is still wide open. Absolutely. So this would be a good time if this has been something you've been thinking about that you want to do. This would be a great time to join us because, again, I'm going to be stepping back a bit. So anyone who has been a contributing interviewer so far, we've always been sort of a non-pressure group. It's one of those things where if you want to do it, cool, no pressure. If it's something you <laughs> wanted to do it, this would be a good time. Uh, this would be a good time to reach out to us at lostincitations at gmail.com. If you've been a contributor before, if you'd like to be a contributor again, Chris and I can both attest. It is an absolutely great experience. You can learn a lot of skills, important skills. You can reach out to people. Everything about the process is beneficial to you and it helps other people. So you got that virtuous cycle there for you. Exactly right. And and just a, just a shout out to the people who've already produced work, uh, Todd Bukins, Kate Mayer, Robert Murphy and Lisa Huntsberger are all people who've contributed in the past and uh, we are open to any uh, submissions uh, but if you are interested in doing so please contact us beforehand and we'll give you some help and advice on how best to organize it um, but yeah we have the platform for you to you know put forward your work uh, in connection with people who you want to talk to we are completely open to that and uh yeah get in touch if you're interested yeah if you're interested read the website uh there's a couple tabs on lostincitations.com guide for contributors some some advice on how to get started but yes if you'd like to be a contributor we would like you to just like a journal we've talked about this before when you publish in a journal you have to adhere to their formatting um their formatting gui guidelines and, and the theme of the journal we're kind of the same way uh, of course, you 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 can interview whoever you want, um, but it, it it needs to fall within some parameters. So we ask you to sort of reach out to us first, read the guidelines, perhaps record a five minute demo so we can say that so we can say hey that your setup sounds great because uh, we don't want to waste anybody's time. Um, and cool. And again, if if you're listening to this, say I don't want to do it. That's fine. That's fine too. Um, but if you're one of those people, I know there's there's a lot of people out there that say they want to do stuff. Mm. they'd say it. I, I hear them to say, you know, I want to do that. It's like, well, 
just do it. This is a good, this is a good time to do also, it. it. It seems it, but they want to do it, but it, it seems like a lot of effort. Like you have to set up the, the, the hosting, you have to set up the website, you have mm. to contact. I, I say, you know, we've got the hosting for the podcast. We've got the website. Um, we have the, the background. And also if you want to use our, our name and say, look, this is a podcast that has over 130 published uh, interviews so far, and I'm going to be contributing to it. Uh, use us and all you all you need to do is contribute uh, a well organized and uh, you know good sounding interview and we'll do the rest so don't worry about all the back end stuff that's fine we'll we'll work it out uh, if you want to use us to get in contact with people you want to talk to please feel free to use us and the other thing uh what we like to, Chris and I like to do, we, we kind of plan this out for the whole year. So this is why we're having this conversation now. So Chris and I hopefully are going to be out and about at conferences this year, just as we were before. Oh, yes. um, and we'll, you know, keep in touch with us on Twitter and keep in touch with us on Facebook or our personal feeds. And uh, we love meeting up with people at uh, conferences. Chris does a great job of these uh, man on the street interviews, which people really seem to like. So um, it's, that's not going to change at all. Hopefully we'll we'll be at all of the same conferences we were before, maybe more, and, and maybe then, even for the first time in three years, taking this international. Yes, yes. Um, so that would be that'll that'll be cool. So um, still going, uh, and again, consistency. It'll be every two weeks up until July. Well, I think Chris says he can do every two weeks even after that. So we'll take a break in August and then come back in yep, September. I, I'm I, I'm I'm still able to keep up the schedule. And like I said, it's, it's professionally uh, useful for me. We've produced several publications, um, a couple of book chapters, three journal articles, numerous uh, research presentations. This is the basis of a lot of the work that I am doing to uh, in, in the field to try and work out what the state of the art of uh, English as a medium of instruction, English as a lingua franca, and world and global Englishes as well. So Yes, uh, there, there's a lot of motivation in me to keep this going. And also, it means that the door is still open for John to rejoin when he uh, has something that's piqued his interest in his uh, PhD research. But as someone who's gone through it, I mean, you're trying to get it done in somewhere between four and five years. It took me eight. So I, I, I do understand the struggle is real. And uh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we, we still remain the the two contributing editors so john's not going anywhere he's just going to be interviews are going to be less often than they used to be for the next and, few years uh and maybe like one one more thing i wanted to mention quickly before mm -hmm. we end um i don't know how you feel but for the first time because again you, you and i are kind of the same we like to kind of plan out our entire year as far as <laughs> as mm -hmm. from an academic mm -hmm. perspective for the first time, I really feel like this is a different era. I feel like we're not in the COVID era anymore. What, what's your what's your take on that? I think we're getting to the point where uh, I was I was writing. Actually, that's an interesting question because I was writing an abstract for uh, an application that I was putting in for uh, a, a presentation and also a, a journal article, and I kind of brought up this fact that whether we're still going to be within the COVID era for the foreseeable future. We've right. entered a new stage of that. We are living and producing 
in a different way because of it. So it it made us it made us create this um, this podcast in order to connect with people because we couldn't go to conferences. It made us work out different ways of using the data that we received from these interviews because we couldn't do any other kind of uh, data collection. Our previous plans had collapsed and it made us adapt. And so now we are going into that, that kind of post COVID lockdown era that we actually get to utilize the, 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 the fruits of our adaptation, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the podcast uh, presentations people might see this year is sort of this theme or the the flexibility of the podcast. And as as Chris just said, it it was an instrument that you know looking back, you know you you were way more uh, what's it called? Someone who looks to the future um, foresight. You had way more foresight than I did back then. I was really sort of again in the mud with research, and I wanted to mm. talk to people. You were really thinking ahead, and then in hindsight as a, as a vehicle to get through COVID as an academic, we were very fortunate. Um, mm. I was just talking to Paul Sylvia and he does so much work with experience sampling methods. And we talked about his book on that and we were talking about it. And then he kind of paused. He said, man, COVID was tough, right? Cause mm. I do mm. human research. Mm. Like it all, it all shut down. I mean, for a lot of people, what did, you know, it was a really tough time. So I, re I really feel for those people. Um, and at the same time, I feel like we were really fortunate to have this vehicle that kind of, we could still continue to present and to publish on things. It was a tough time for everybody. Yeah. And I hope that, um, I know that it's been tough for, for absolutely everybody. I hope that, uh, everyone in some way, in some different way that works for you, you've found your own vector out of that problem and it's becoming more productive for you because, um, uh, in the long run, we have to keep this, we have to keep this thing going. We have to keep the civilization going. We have to stay in contact with each other, uh, regardless of, you know, the, the obstacles that are put in our way. It might take a while to get over it, but I think we're getting over it. Oh, maybe, maybe last thing, a uh, shout out to listener, uh, Brent Kelson. Mm -hmm. So Brent Kelson is, is, uh, as a, as a, is a I'm sorry, I don't have his exact title, but he's a university teacher, lecturer, professor in uh, Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And we were going to meet up with him at this Taiwan conference last year, ah, yes. but at the last second, it got, it got changed to online. Now this is going to, this episode is going to come out after this, but he sent me a message this week. His family is visiting in Fukuoka. Uh -huh. And so I think I'm going to meet up with him for like a beer on Saturday. And it was okay. just this random thing where like, I'm in Fukuoka, listen to your podcast. Um, let's link up. And we were, again, we were going to link up in Taiwan. So I hope this happens more and more, like as we travel more, uh, linking up with people. So I'm excited about that. Well, I, I hope you have a great time. It, it was one of the weird things. Of the, I think the first in-person presentation that we we participated in was the Pan Sig, and I was just sitting at the back of a at the back of the room, and I introduced myself to another participant, and he's like, "I know that voice," and I was like, "Oh, really?" Have you listened to a podcast recently? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it you know, getting in contact with people who normally we wouldn't, we would never have met, or they would never have known, uh, is also something that I, I hope that we have the chance to to expand on.
Yeah. So, so keep in touch with us uh, on email or on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn and um, keep an eye, I guess I need, I, I, I've been bugging Chris for a while. I might do this again, where maybe keep it. We have a tab on the website of our upcoming events. Where mm-hmm. People can like keep track of that if, if they want to. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been an honor. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm not going away, <laughs> but I am going to scale back and uh, I'll try my best to continue to put out uh quality episodes as moving forward and i will uh i'll keep the i'll keep the light on for when you're ready to return full time appreciate it okay well thank you very much uh for uh your time listening to this we will return next week with a usual interview uh and then going forward uh once every two weeks uh I hope that you enjoyed the the work that we are putting out. So thank you for your time today, John. Thank you for your time today, listener. And I look forward to uh, providing content for you and possibly meeting you at a conference in the future. And check out the website for the upcoming guests. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you. If you'd like to contact the show, the best place to find out about us is our website, lostincitations.com. Here you can learn more about the background to this project and how you can get involved. Our hope is to help academics, educators, and online content producers get in contact with each other. Our email address is lostincitations at gmail.com. We also have Facebook and LinkedIn pages. Please rate and comment on the sites you use to download your podcasts. It helps us reach more potential listeners. But probably the most helpful thing you can do is, if you like our content, recommend it to a friend and let them know what we're trying to do. Thank you very much.